your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 24th, 2021. Your boy Q here, as always, very excited about today's show and also very excited that you make the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And you know you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Want to thank you for making that your daily routine and making me part of your daily routine. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Got quite a bit to get to. Don't know how many I'm going to get to, but I'm going to try to get as many in as possible. That's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, usually on Fridays, I give you keys to victory. What the Raiders are going to have to do to come away with the victory against the next team up on the schedule. Of course, that's the Dallas Cowboys, but they play on Thursday on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to give you the keys to victory today in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, I wanted to go over the Raiders injury report from Tuesday. Of course, we'll get another one later on today, and then there'll be the final one on Thursday. will be the actives and inactives, but a couple of names that are interesting on the injury reports. Let's go ahead and go over it, not only for the Raiders, but also for the Cowboys. Uh, kicker Daniel Carlson was dealing with the illness on Tuesday. He uh, did not participate on Monday and uh, was a full participant on Tuesday, so uh, something to kind of pay attention to. Kicker Daniel Carlson uh, dealing with the illness. Running back Kenyon Drake dealing with a knee injury. He was full on Monday and full on Tuesday. Cornerback Brandon Faison, finger and hamstring, full on Monday, full on Tuesday. Linebacker Nick Wachowski hasn't played in a while. Ankle injury. Did not participate Monday, did not participate Tuesday. I'm not going to say he's not going to participate later on this afternoon, but gut feeling tells me he won't, and gut feeling also tells me he won't play on Thursday. Defensive end Yannick Ngakwe is dealing with the rib injury, full on Monday, full on Tuesday. He's going to be a good to go on Thursday against the Cowboys. Of course, the Raiders need him. Cornerback Keyshawn Nixon, ankle injury, didn't participate on Monday or Tuesday. Don't expect him to play on Thursday. Maybe, maybe he'll be a, a last-second, uh, you know, decision, game-time decision. But really, don't expect him to be out there for the Raiders on Thursday. Uh, also, running back Jalen Richard has got the rib injury, cracked rim, limited on Monday, limited on Tuesday. Another guy I'd be surprised to see. He didn't play on Sunday against the Bengals. I'd be surprised to see him play on Thursday on a quick turnaround. This is one that's really interesting. Guard John Simpson. He's been dealing with the ribs, the oblique injury. Uh, did not participate on Monday. He left the game. On Sunday, didn't return and uh, was limited on Tuesday. He's a guy that the Raiders really need to get out there. You know, I mean, really, and I know he hasn't been lights out at that left guard position, but they need him out there and they need a little bit of continuity if they can get him, especially going up against that Cowboys defensive line front. So, uh, yeah, John Simpson needs to be out there limited on Tuesday. Should be interesting to see what he is later on today. Then two more, wide receiver Dylan Stoner. has got an Achilles injury, wasn't listed on Monday. Uh, he was a full participant on Tuesday. Uh, I don't want to say that it doesn't matter because every injury matters and every player matters, but Dylan Stoner is not going to be a big-time contributor at all for the Raiders on Thursday or throughout the rest of the season. So uh, that's not a big key loss if he doesn't play. Of course, you don't want him to be injured at all, but if he doesn't play, it's going to end up being okay. Center Andre James, we already talked about guard John Simpson. He's got a thumb injury, wasn't listed on Monday. He was a full participant on Tuesday. So could you imagine if Andre James and John Simpson were both out? I, I now I think that, you know, at least Andre James is going to play. But man, you want to talk about lack of continuity, man. That offensive line has been banged up, battered and bruised 
all season long. So hopefully Simpson is okay on today and able to play on Thursday. And then James uh, is also full participant and okay on play on Thursday because they really need them both out there. Now, as far as the Cowboys go, let's go ahead and look at them real quick. Uh, we'll talk about guys that did not participate. Wide receiver C.D. Lamb. That's a big deal. Concussion. He left Sunday's game. Uh, didn't participate on Monday. Didn't participate on Tuesday. I would actually be shocked if he plays on Thursday, but you never know. Maybe later on today they'll say he cleared his concussion protocol. I don't know. I, I do believe that he's going to be out, but that's, that's again, just me. Uh, Donovan Wilson, the safety, dealing with a shoulder and chest injury. He did not participate. He's, uh, he was out on Monday and was out on Tuesday as well, so that's something to pay attention to. Uh, guys that were full. How about running back Zeke Elliott? Been dealing with a knee and an ankle injury. Uh, he was limited on Monday, was full on Tuesday. He'll be a go on Thursday, but I still think he's going to be a little bit banged up, so you'll probably see a little bit more of Tony Pollard on Thursday. Defensive tackle Tristan Hill, dealing with a foot injury. Full participant Monday, full participant Tuesday. He'll be good to go for the game on Thursday. Tackle Tyron Smith, he's going to make his return. Dealing with the ankle injury. Was limited on Monday, but a full participant on Tuesday, so uh, they get that left tackle. Their cornerstone left left tackle they get him back so unique Ngakwe will be going up against him but uh, I'll, I'll put my money on Ngakwe because Tyron Smith has missed a little bit of time so he's not going to be you know like in mid-season form I think he's going to be a little bit he's got to knock the rust off but then again he's a you know all pro he's one of those guys that can just go into the game with very little practice and still be very effective so uh, yeah Tyron Smith expect him to be back on Thanksgiving and then cornerback Nashawn Wright, the rookie out of Oregon State, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, was limited, no, was full on Monday, excuse me, and full on Tuesday as well. So uh, most likely he will uh, he will be playing. Now the one little asterisk I'd like to put next to this is for the Cowboys, they didn't practice on Monday, so all the Mondays that I'm talking about, the limiteds and did not participate in limited, they were all an estimation. So they would have played or they would have been limited or they wouldn't have been limited if they had practiced on Monday, but they didn't. So that's the injury report for the Cowboys and the Raiders on Tuesday. Uh, we'll have a Another one come out a little bit later on this afternoon. If you follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254 or Raider Nation Radio 920 at RNR 920 AM. I'll be tweeting that out a little bit later on this afternoon so you can get up to date with what's going on today. And then, of course, on Thursday, we'll get the actives and the inactives. Raiders also had another media session on Tuesday. They had linebacker Corey Littleton, defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, center Andre James, and rookie free safety Trayvon Merrick all met with the media. Not going to give you the sound bites from Littleton, Hankins, or James, but I do want to give you a couple sound bites from the rookie Trayvon Merrick who very quietly has been having a really good rookie season one of the more promising rookies that the Raiders have right now came up with a really big play against Jamar Chase and the Bengals on a deep ball on Sunday and uh, he's come up with a few of those man he's that last line of defense and he's been doing in my opinion a really good job is he defensive rookie of the year material no but I mean he's playing some really good balls so uh, I like the addition of Merrick on the back end of that Gus Bradley defense so the first sound bite I wanted you to hear from him was how excited is he to get back to Texas on Thursday and play in front of family and friends and oh by the way how many tickets has he had to provide as he's a guy from TCU played right there in Fort Worth Texas oh I'm, I'm super excited you know I have uh, some family and friends come back up and, and uh, watch you know this team play and watch me play um, so a bunch of tickets you know I have a bunch of family like I said and friends coming up and uh so they're all excited to come watch this game. It'll be a big game. Again, Trayvon Merrick is from the state of Texas. He's a guy that played at TCU, was a stud there. Uh, and, of course, Fort Worth, Texas is not very far from AT&T Stadium. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to have a ton of family and a ton of friends there at the game. But uh, as he grew up a Cowboy fan, his family grew up with Cowboy fans, they're all rooting for the silver and black on Thursday because of Trayvon Merrick. So uh, let's get to his play 
on the field. How about that play I mentioned at the top uh, that he made against Jamar Chase on that deep ball where he came over and helped out Casey Hayward and broke it up on a play that could have been a big one. So uh, what was the thoughts on that play? How did he feel making that play? And, and is that how he feels he's supposed to be playing in the NFL? Um, yeah, you know, the play happened. Uh, it was a play action, um, kind of a boot play. Um, I knew, um, you know, going into this game that they really liked tar to target Jamar Chase a lot, um, especially on the backside and single coverage. Um, so as soon as I saw the boot uh, action, uh, play action, I just kind of looked, looked to the left, saw him, um, you know, running a vertical route and just kind of ran over there and, you know, happened to break up the play. But, um, you know, I, 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 I do pride myself on just trying to do my job. Um, and so, you know, being able to do that, you know, I was, I was happy to be able to make that play for the team. So there you go. You hear the breakdown right there from rookie Trayvon Merrick on the play. Uh, glad that he was able to make that play for the team. And look, I, I mentioned at the top, this is a guy who is one of the better rookies that the uh, Raiders have, one of the better draft picks that they have on the squad right now. He's played just about every snap so far this year. He came in as a starter immediately, playing that deep safety role, that last line of defense, and in my opinion, has done a really good job. Pro Football Focus has said he's done a really good job. Well, how does he feel that he's adjusted to the NFL uh, after playing just about every snap at that deep safety spot yeah um you know for me i just kind of try to take it one day at a time like I've, I've said it before just one practice at a time um i'm not i'm you know the kind of the guy that's um not doing too much not saying too much just, just kind of want to do his job and um you know doesn't need that much recognition for it but you know just want to do the best for the team like i said um, but yeah, that's kind of how I view it. So there's rookie safety Trayvon Merrick talking about his adjustment to the NFL. I mentioned Pro Football Focus before we heard that sound bite and how they have him graded. Uh, I tell you all the time, Pro Football Focus is not the end all be all, but it gives you a good idea. Right now, he's fourth amongst rookie defensive backs as far as grades at 72.8. Uh, he's fifth as far as coverage grades at 70.9. And then he's seventh in run defense grade at 70.3. So not bad at all for a rookie who's just been thrown into the fire and asked to be that last line of defense again he's done a really good job that play he made on uh, Sunday against Cincinnati I think that was big time uh, he also made a big play uh, the week before uh, almost came up with a big interception off Kansas City but I uh, wasn't able to secure it but uh, still came up with a big pass breakup right at the goal line so uh, I think that Trayvon Merrick has been a really good draft pick I think he's one of those guys that could be a cornerstone player for the silver and black moving forwards you know so uh, very excited about what he's going to bring not only this year but for years to come and my final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day has to do with the Raiders week 15 action on the schedule. Prior to Tuesday, it said either or, meaning Saturday, December 18th or Sunday, December 19th. Well, the NFL released it on uh, Tuesday that it's going to be part of an exclusive doubleheader on NFL Network. It's going to be on Saturday, December 18th. 4.30 Eastern, that's 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, the Raiders and Browns, and then it's going to be followed by the Patriots and Colts at 8.20 uh, Eastern Time, 5.20 Pacific Standard Time. But Week 15 will officially be on Saturday, December 18th. No either or, but it's going to be the early game in that Week 15 action on Saturday. So wanted to close out segment number one with a little programming note, a little scheduling note. Week 15 action officially Saturday, December 18th. Coming up in segment number two, keys to a Raiders victory. What are they going to have to do? They're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. How do they get back into the win column? How do they improve to 6-5 and five on the season and then have everyone talking about their back? They have an opportunity. They're still in this thing. And really, they will be if they can come up with a victory on Thursday. I'll tell you what I think they need to do if they want to come out of Big D with a big dub. We're going to talk about that in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And they are your number one spot for all things basketball. That's pro and college. All things football. That's pro and college. And, of course, NHL. 
boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games. They've got everything covered that you can imagine. Go to the website right now on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up for an account today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code Locked On. What do you, does that mean? That means if you drop in $500, that means you drop in $1,000, that means you drop in $2,000. Whatever you choose to drop in there, you use that promo code Locked On, you're going to get 50% of that as a welcome bonus, as a thank you for signing up with betonline.ag. That's free money to play with. So go check them out today. Again, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, they've got everything covered. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the games start. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Normally, this would be my segment number two on Friday, but we're going to do it a little bit different order this week because it's a short week and the Raiders play on Thanksgiving. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the keys to victory before you hear the crossover edition. The crossover edition is still on the way, and I'll tell you more about that following segment number three. So stick around for that. But going to do the keys to a Raiders victory, in my opinion, right now. So we're going to knock this out on Wednesday instead of doing it on Friday. Friday. So uh, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. The Raiders need a victory so bad in the worst way. I mean, I looked at Sunday's game against the Bengals as a must win, not mathematically, but mentally. I mean, they really needed to get that dub and they didn't. They looked bad at what they did, didn't have a sense of urgency. So my right mind tells me what makes you think it's going to be any different on a short week on the road against a team that's really good in the Dallas Cowboys. But as soon as I say there's no chance they win the game is when they jump up and they win that game. You know, the Cowboys have a few issues. The Cowboys have a few things going on, including Amari Cooper not playing. Most likely CeeDee Lamb's not playing. Offensive line, they're going to be together for the first time in a long time altogether, but they're still not 100%. You know, I mean, there's areas of weakness on the Cowboys that the Raiders could expose, but they've got to be out there and they got to play on their A game. And I don't know if they got it in them. We'll learn a lot. What have we been saying all year? You'll learn a lot about this team on Sunday. Well, Raider Nation, you're going to learn a lot more about this team come Thanksgiving afternoon. <laughs> Simple as that. But let's get into the keys of the game. Let's start offensively. I think last week I started defensively. Let's start offensively. No, I think I started offensively. Well, who cares? Let's start with the offense because that's the struggle bus. No matter how you shine it up, dress it up, whatever you want to do, you can put lipstick on a pig. But right now the offense is still a pig and it's not a good looking pig. You know what I mean? It's just, it is struggling. So let's get to, to what the Raiders need to do. Carr's got to be the lead guy. He's got to be the lead dog. He's got to have some fire under his belly. You know what I mean? He's got to have a little something, something in his neck. He's got to bring the attitude. He's got to bring a little bit of swagger, a little bit of stank. I mean, he's got to do something. He's got to get aggressive with the ball. He didn't like it when I talked about taking the ball down the field and getting aggressive. He kind of gave me a little bit of an attitude and, hey, you can talk about whatever you want. But honestly, that's what he needs to do. He's got to get aggressive with the ball. Yes, Darren Waller is going to get a lot of defensive attention, but it doesn't matter. You still got to find a way to get him a rock. And look, he got got seven catches on Sunday against the Bengals before we're through three quarters and then all of a sudden he got three in the fourth quarter so they weren't really effective catches they weren't really what I mean when I mean feed Waller I mean consistently throughout the game make him a threat and he wasn't a threat consistently throughout the game and then on Sunday against Cincinnati when he did catch the ball it ended up being a 25 yard play or a 20 yard play and then the next three plays would be a couple runs and a throw out to the flat and then a punt that that can't happen man they've got to get in a rhythm offensively, you know, so uh, Darren Waller's got to be heavily involved. Uh, Brian Edwards, look for him if you can. Hunter Renfro, I know that's going to be a target of his that he's always going to go after. And hell, take a shot with Deshaun Jackson. I don't need to see an end around with him. Take a shot. He gets one-on-one coverage a lot. He runs good routes. Take a shot. 
Don't be scared to use your arm and stretch the field. I know a lot of folks have been talking about Marcus Mariota. Bring him in. Bring him in for a package offensively. Bring him in uh, in the red zone. Bring him in on short yardage. Bring him in and just get creative. Maybe he helps bring a little bit of boost and a little bit of spark. You know, something I heard Lincoln Kennedy saying on the radio on uh, on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. He's on with Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. He was talking about when Marcus Mariota came in in week 15 uh, in 2020, and he almost won that game against the Chargers, and they really should have won that game. Derek Carr was back out there the next week. He wasn't worried about no injury. He went out there, and he played a heck of a game. He went out there and balled out afterwards because he saw Marcus Mariota. So maybe if Mariota even gets a drive, maybe that makes you know Carr get a little bit more aggressive and have a little bit more something-something in his neck, have a little bit more attitude. That's what he needs, man. He needs to play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit of attitude. He can't play like he's comfortable. You know what I mean? He needs to play like he feels like something's about to be taken away from him and he's not ready to have it taken away from him. So uh, as far as Carr and, and being aggressive offensively, uh, those are my thoughts right there. But the offensive line is going to be tested and they're going to be tested in a major way on Thursday. In particular, that right side. You've got to find a way to slow down rookie Micah Parsons from wrecking the game. He's not Khalil Mack, but he is a game wrecker. And I mean, this guy was drafted to be a linebacker who had to be forced into action at the edge position on the defensive line. And all he is is uh, leading uh, the team in sacks with eight. Micah Parsons has eight sacks right now for the Cowboys. That would lead the Raiders in sacks. You know what I mean? Think about that. He is a rookie, and he is just wrecking shop. I don't think there's a position on the field he pretty much can't play. He is an absolute stud, and oh, by the way, he didn't even play college in 2020. So the offensive line is going to have their work cut out for him. Brandon Parker, I'm looking at you. Alex Leatherwood, I'm looking at you. You cannot allow Micah Parsons to wreck the game. So as much as Carr needs to be the lead guy and be aggressive with the ball, as much as he needs to get Waller and his wide receivers involved, that offensive line has got their work cut out for him or nothing's going to work. The passing game's not going to work, and the run game sure won't work. Speaking of the run game, the Cowboys are pretty weak against the run. They really are. Similar to the Raiders, their defense is, is built to play with the lead. Well, the Raiders haven't been able to run the rock. But if they can, this is a team that they'll allow you to run the ball. They're not very strong against stopping the run. If you pound Josh Jacobs and pound Kenyon Drake and get a consistent push from the offensive line, you could have something there. But the Raiders haven't proven that they can do that, so I'm not going to count on that. But if they decide to get a wild hair up their backside, that's something that they could do. And then, of course, in the red zone, you got to get in the red zone and get seven, not three. Simple as that. If you get a turnover like you did, get into the red zone, you got to get seven, not three. Them field goals, man, those are nice to put a few extra points on the board, but, man, they're not going to win a lot of games for you. If you're consistently relying on the field goal like the Raiders did on Sunday against Cincinnati, you're not going to win a lot of games like the Raiders did not do on Sunday against Cincinnati. So those are the keys offensively. Spend a lot of time on the offense because I feel like the offense is the, the one that needs the big boost. It needs, a, it needs some jumper cables. I said it on the radio on Tuesday. I look at the Raiders offense like a car battery, and no pun intended because of Derek Carr's name, but I look at it like a car battery. You go out there, you turn the key, and it's click, 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 and then you get angry. And then what do you do? You call your homeboy or your homegirl and be like, hey, can you come give me a jump? That's what the Raiders offense needs to do. Hey, can you come give me a jump? Somebody needs to find a way to give the Raiders offense a jump. I don't care if it's the offensive coordinator. I don't care if it's the players. I don't care if it's multiple quarterbacks. I don't care if it's the running game, the offensive line. Somebody needs to find a way to give this offense a jump. The batteries are dead and they need to find a way to get that thing cooking. Defensively, you're going to have to slow down the rushing attack. Probably more Tony Pollard than Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott practiced in full on Tuesday, but uh, he's a little bit banged up dealing with the knee and an ankle injury, so you'll probably see the speedster in Tony Pollard. And, of course, the Raiders have not been very good stopping the run because, just like I said earlier, their 
defense is built to play with the lead. Crosby and Unique Ngakwe, they got to make Dak uncomfortable. Crosby's got a really good matchup. I like the matchup that Crosby has. Lyle Collins is going to be up there, and he's not in tip-top shape right now. He's not in top form. I think Crosby has an opportunity to eat. No, by the way, he hasn't had a sack in a while. Has it been three or four games he hasn't had a sack? How about getting home? I love the pressures, but he's got to get some sacks. Unique Ngakwe has been cooking. He's been getting strip sacks. He got a strip sack against the Giants. Got a strip sack against the Bengals. He's been getting home, and he's going against Tyron Smith. I think that's a good matchup. Tyron Smith is going to be back for the first time in a minute, so I think that Crosby and Ngakwe do have favorable matchups. They just got to get home, and like I said, pressures are nice. Sacks are better. And then just like they did last week, and they, they completed this task, create a turnover or two. They did it early in the game. Dallin Levitt came up with the fumble recovery, took it all the way back to the nine. He should have taken it to the house, but he took it back to the nine, and the Raiders couldn't seal the deal. They've got to come up with a couple turnovers. This is a game I think that uh, Trayvon Merrick may be able to come up with an interception. Casey Hayward might be able to come up with an interception, especially if Cooper and C.D. Lamb are out. Then all of a sudden, Michael Gallup becomes your number one wide receiver for Dallas, and I think that you'll see Casey Hayward match up with him, and I think he matches up really well and has an opportunity to come up with a big play or so. So uh, that's really what I'm looking for defensively. Really, I'm looking at the offense to get out of their own way, shake off the fog that they're in right now and get cooking. Carr got to be the lead guy. Waller involved early. Waller involved often. Offensive line got your work cut out for you. You got to really make sure Michael Parsons doesn't wreck the game. And then since the Cowboys have a weak run defense, uh, if the Raiders could get the run game going, go ahead and do it. Red zone, you got to score. You got to score seven instead of three. You just cannot keep losing four points every time you get to the red zone. You're not going to win games that way. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Keys to a Raiders victory for Thanksgiving afternoon, week 12. Week 12 is already here, and the Raiders are playing in prime time against the Dallas Cowboys. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. And I've told you a million times, if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, well, you're definitely missing out. They say they're a protein bar. They claim to be a protein bar, but I'll tell you what, they don't taste like a protein bar. You just got to try it for yourself. Protein bars in general, chalky, waxy, they're hard to swallow, hard to chew because they're so dry. Well, Built Bar is soft. It's covered 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know that something's different, right? You have a new experience. You're going to enjoy it. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits, but... At the same time, a great tasting protein bar. Uh, They got plenty of flavors to choose from, and there's a few more days left in the month of November. Every three to four days, they're rolling out limited time flavors. So check out the website early. Check it out often. You don't want to miss out on what could potentially be your next favorite flavor. Built.com, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your order just like that. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text. Let's start it off with Raider Jim. Hey Q, Raider Jim here. Love the podcast and all your analysis of the team, but i really like the media to stop asking these softball questions to the team. When Carr goes into his BS, blame it all on me answers, I'd love someone to straight up ask him then if he thinks for the good of the team, should they start Mariota? Or I wish someone would say straight up to him, the play calling was horrible 
horrible. Is that Olsen's play or is Carr checking into these horrible plays? I wish someone would ask Mayock if the decision was solely his, would he have made the picks the team did? And if not, who would he have picked? I wish the media would start holding these guys accountable and stop letting them give predictable, meaningless answers to softball questions. That's Raider Jim. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. And I'll tell you, no, we don't ask the questions the way you worded them, but we basically ask the same questions. We just ask him in a way that's a lot more respectable. I'm not going to ask Derek Carr, hey, man, if you if you really want the team to win, you think Marcus Mariota should start over you? What athlete do you know would say, yeah, I think the next guy should start? I, I mean, seriously, like, come on, Raider Jim. Like, would anyone, if you were playing at your job, would you ever say if someone said, hey, Jim, you're doing your job okay, but I think someone else could do it better? Do you, for the good of the company, do you think that you could do that? Would you say, yeah, that's a good idea? No, you're not going to say that. You got any kind of anything and you're not going to say that. And I know you do. You're not going to do that. No one's going to say that. But we have all asked. And it's so funny. Everyone always brings up the media is not asking about Marcus Mariota. I challenge you to go back and listen to all the media sessions from the last month or so. And there's always a question about Mariota. Hey, you thinking about getting him in? Greg Olson just had a big old thing about him just the other day. You know, I mean, I don't understand what people are listening to. Maybe because it's not worded the way that you exactly say it. But we're not going to be disrespectful. That's the thing about it. We can't just go in there and act like we're, you know, just win baby 23 on Twitter and go fire off and just ask some kind of rude and disrespectful question. It's still our job. It's still our job. When Mike Mayock released Damon Arnett, we asked him about high character guys. I asked them myself. You can go back and listen to that media session. I said, okay, so you knew that there was red flags, but you thought that the reward was greater than the risk? And he said, yes. And the other thing, if you go back and listen to the interview I did with Charles Davis the other day, who was on the call for the Raiders and Bengals, he said Mike Mayock's never going to throw someone under the bus. He's never going to say, hey, you know what? I wouldn't have selected those guys. Those are John Gruden guys. He's not going to answer like that. So if we ask that, what answer do you think he's going to give? Yeah, that's a Gruden guy. Not, that has nothing to do with me. Anyone with any kind of respect and decency won't do that. I understand what you're saying, but it frustrates me because it's always like the media is not doing this. The media is not doing this. You guys aren't doing this. You guys aren't doing that. Ultimately, we're asking the same question that you want to know. We're just asking it in a respectful way. I asked Derek Carr on Sunday in particular, hey, you didn't get aggressive. Go back and listen. You didn't get aggressive till the one play where, or the one drive where it was three plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. Was that play calling? Was it the defense? Was it just not there? What was it? And you know what his answer was? Well, uh, you, you speak on that. I can't force him. I can't go up there and, and grab his arm and twist it and say, answer me the way I want to know. Answer me. Who was that on? It's not going to happen. It's just silly because we ask those questions if you listen, just not the words that the exact wording that you are using. Thank you for the text. I appreciate you. Like I said, it frustrates me. Not frustration at you, just frustrates me in general. Uh, next up is a call from Army Raider. He's calling to talk about when it comes to the upcoming coaching search, what he feels the Raiders need when it comes to the new coach and gives you a reason why. Here he is, Army Raider. Hey, Q, it's your boy, Army Raider. So just wanted to call in and say with the upcoming coach coaching search, uh, something Masaccia kind of seems to to hint at or want in his press conferences and the things he says and looking back at Gruden and how kind of how he acted and going based off one of the questions you asked about, you know, the urgency and how quick the Raiders were able to move the ball down the field. Or if you go back to John Gruden and, you know, he wants long drawn out and in a field goal, if that's what it takes instead of, you know, at the end of halves or games, he was able to move the ball like nothing. So the offense is capable, and it shows me why 
we need young and creative head coach over old retread. And my reasoning for this is, is the old the old school heads, you know what I mean? They're all about the old school football, grind them out, grind them out. And that's flat out just not what wins anymore. You win with points. And Basaccia in his comments, even to your question and others, seems almost bugged that the team scored too quick. Like, like, yes, your defense has to come back out, but you got points. I mean, isn't the goal to score more points than the other team? Anyways, I think that, you know, we need to follow the, the trend, so to speak, of where football is going and not necessarily what we remember and grew up on, but it's, it's what you need to do now to win. And I'll leave with, let's, let's look back at the, the Super Bowl with the, the Chiefs and, um, 49ers. The 49ers basically dominated the time of control and most of the yardage and everything that game and couldn't score, settling for field goals. Chiefs looked out of it and because the 49ers couldn't pull away, playing that old school style, they kind of just, again, well, Jimmy G sucks, but that's a whole other story for a whole other day. But the Chiefs were able to win that by just scoring. Quick, quick, quick. And even more recently, for those that call, follow college football this year, the Michigan-Michigan State game where Michigan outgained them by almost 250 yards and 15 minutes time of possession or whatever it was and lost at the end because they were settling for field goals. Well, Michigan State was able to score 20-something points in the fourth quarter. Anyways, that's my take. Would love to hear what you think. As always, peace and love to all. Army Raider out. There he goes, Army Raider. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, it would be a good idea for the Raiders to find a young, creative mind that could set the team up for success for the long haul. And I do think that there's plenty of young guys that could be up-and-comers that are really smart, guys that can get it done. I I really do believe there's going to be plenty of those hires out there, but... The Raiders got to go out there and find it. I mean, clearly, in my opinion, Rich Passaccia is not that guy. Thank you for that call. I appreciate you. Next up, I got a text, a pretty lengthy one from Matt in Washington State. Hey, Q, this is my first time texting or contacting the show. I typically like to just listen, but after Sunday's loss, I just feel the need to speak my mind. A few things happened for me in the game. Not only do I feel super disappointed in the performance and realize that this team is a lot further away than anyone likes to admit, I also realize this team is not different like everyone said. In fact, it is exactly the same as years past. Such poor, uninspired, undisciplined football. I don't understand how a team can give up three first down in the first half due to penalties. Unreal to see us make a stop right before the half, only to throw a four-yard pass and another play for no gain, and then let the clock run out when we had two timeouts. And then D.C., I've been a huge supporter of him his whole career, but for me, something changed in this game. To me, it's time to start looking elsewhere. How can a team with a borderline elite quarterback only have 80 yards passing deep into the three quarters? That cannot happen. He seems to be checked out. Too many quick progressions and then two-yard checkdowns. We need to push the ball downfield. We are relying way too much on runs after the catch. Also, after this loss, can everyone stop talking about the playoffs? This is not a playoff team at all. Thank you for all you do, Q. Appreciate you again. It's Matt in Washington State. Thank you for that text. I can hear the frustration in your voice just by, uh, well, me reading it. You know, just looking at it, I could tell there's a lot of frustration there. And, you know, again, I've said it before. I do think the team was different. I think they were a lot different. I think anyone who covers the team will tell you that. But... Uh, after all the adversity happened off the field, this team just reverted back to its old self. You know, it's one of those things when you you act a certain way and then and then when push comes to shove, all of a sudden you go back to what you know. And I know that that's not really the best analogy, but it's just something about this team is just help them 
get on this free fall that they're having. Three-game lose streak. I'm with you. Uh, I think that the playoffs are not even a real deal conversation. Uh, I talked about it on the radio on Tuesday just to think of, see if other people thought it was. Um, of course, mathematically it still is, but it just, you're right. It doesn't feel like a playoff team at all to me either. But a lot of questions to be had, a lot of questions to be answered, and uh, we'll see uh, what this team does on Thursday against the Cowboys. But I don't feel very confident, let's put it like that, in what we're going to see in the performance on Thanksgiving. Final call for the show today is coming from Mike in the Valley Joe, Vallejo, California. He's calling to talk about the game on Thanksgiving. He's a Cowboys fan, but he's a faithful listener to the Locked On Raiders podcast. Haven't heard from him in a while. Here he is, Mike in Vallejo, the Valley Joe. What up, Q? This is Mike from Vallejo. Been a while since I called, but you know I had to call before the big game. thought it was going to be a little bit bigger a couple weeks ago, but hey, now it's like, the same old, same old ball. Are these teams the same as they've been, or are they going to be different? Man, I'm just hoping for a good game, and whichever team comes out on top, hope it just be good and entertaining. And, uh, man, y'all need to ease up on Q, man. The guy gives us all he can. I see people coming at him about, like, Marcus Mariota needs a package, and I mean, Q was talking about that before they even got Mariota, about how the packages like that need to work. It's like a lot of people need to realize our fan ideas aren't that good. Q ain't going to say it, but I'll just be real. <laughs> like fan ideas aren't that good, and if you think you're the first person that ever had that idea, it's probably not true. <laughs> but right on, Q. I'll probably give another call either after the game or before. Hope y'all have a great day. Happy Thanksgiving. There he goes. That's my man, Mike and Vallejo. Thank you for the call. It's been a minute. I appreciate hearing from you. I hope you and the fam have a happy Thanksgiving. And yeah, man, I thought early in the season that this game was going to be massive. Prime time. Two really good teams. You know, two teams that are, you know, fighting for a top in their respective conferences. But uh, that's not it. The Cowboys, they have a firm control on the NFC East, in my opinion. They don't need this game as bad as the Raiders do. And the Raiders are in what we're all calling as a free fall. And it uh, looks like they're just trying to get to the end of the season. I I mean, man, this could have been such a huge primetime game, but now it doesn't feel like that. And I know you'll be rooting on your Cowboys. Of course, uh, all the Raider Nation will be rooting on the Raiders. But uh, thank you for calling, man. And thank you so much for being a, a, a you know loyal listener to the Locked On Raiders podcast. I do respect that, and I do appreciate you. And again, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. So that's going to do it for today's show. And this is what I'm going to do, Raider Nation. I'm going to double down. I'm going to go back to the old QPOC days. I'm going to drop a double disc. So what I'm doing right now is is the crossover edition. We usually do it on Thursdays, but Thursday is Thanksgiving and, you know, you might have a lot of things that you're dedicating to your family. You might have a lot of things you got going on at the house. So what I'm going to do is I talked to Marcus Mosher, host the Locked On Cowboys. I talked to him on Tuesday evening, so I'm about to go ahead and run that back. I got the interview with Marcus Mosher talking all things Cowboys, both offensively and defensively. Plus, I want you to hear an interview I did with former Raider fullback Marcel Reese from Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Really good conversation. He talks about the game on Thursday. He talks about the current state of the team. Also talks about some community work that he's doing in Las Vegas, but it's always great to hear from Marcel Reese uh, number 45 before 45, right? He was 45 before Allegheny Gold, but uh, yeah, you're going to hear that coming up in the next show, and the next show is coming up right after this, so you don't have to wait for tomorrow. All you got to do is go and boom, get your next podcast. It should be available as of right now. Crossover Thursday has become a crossover Wednesday. It's going to be the double disc part two. Coupon Pac is back!
<laughs> at least for one day. <laughs> That's about all I could do. It is the holidays. I am going to be traveling as I go to Dallas uh, for the game. And, of course, uh, me and the family are going to go and see some of our family and friends uh, from Central Texas. So very excited about that opportunity as well. So it's going to be a little R&R for your boy. Not a whole lot of R&R, but just a little bit. So uh, that's all for today's show, or this is all for uh, Disc 1. Disc 2 is coming up, crossover edition, plus my interview with Marcel Reese. So uh, go ahead and, and pop that on and continue your listening. So appreciate your Raider Nation as always. Just win, baby. <laughs>